Welcome back to Hyperborean Radio, your favorite good fellow radio prod- broadcast thing, my bobber. I'm not starting over, damn it. This is the third time, third time's the charm. <laughs> We're us, you're you. I hope everybody's having a good time. I'm glad, apparently, we've been being shared around. Our telegram is growing, but our podcast is growing leaps and bounds. Oh, yeah, we've almost doubled our listens. Right, that's uh, the Lore Keeper. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Lore Keeper. I am the Lore Keeper, as usual. I am here with CG, but today is special because we actually have a special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody out there in the wasteland. This is McThunder, as also known as the Capitan, coming to you uh, from the seven seas to your local shores. All right, and would you care to tell us a little bit about what you do? Like, I don't know, your Telegram channels? Get all the advertising out of the way first. Okay. Um, I run uh, two Telegram channels. One is called uh, BC Neanderthal Mindset. Uh, It originally started off as a... um, Euro Pagan Discovery Channel, but it's kind of kind of changed course a little bit. It's still heathen centric, pagan centric, but it's also got some uh, survivalist stuff and some good things to know for surviving in the in modernity and the wasteland. Little known secret: the, there's almost no difference. I mean, sur- and also, survivalism and, and heathenism, same thing. Uh, okay. Anyways, and then you also run what? What's the other channel? The other channel you don't. Nautica, which is sea lore, right? And then yes, and then when we asked uh, what call sign you wanted to roll by, I nominated Mister Scruffles. Yes, but we're gonna (laughs) run with McThunder. Yeah, we'll we'll run with the easiest one. I think think Mister Scruffles is far funnier, but I understand people want to be serious. Yes, the dread pirate, Mister McScruffles. Oh, uh, let me see. So I'm guessing most of the people that, that listen to our uh, podcast also follow us on the Telegram, Hyperborean Radio. If you don't, you can follow that by following our link tree that's in the description of the podcast. Yeah, make sure to share. Spread us like herpes. Give us to people that you love. Give us to people that you hate. Just spread us around everywhere, and we'll continue to grow, and then uh, we can start actually doing things that really, truly matter. Yeah, the, the more... The more time and the more uh, stuff we basically have to be able to do this, the more we can produce, the more we can actually... The further our reach projects. goes. Well, like recently we just did the um, another remithing. It's the third one that we've done of the Grim Remithing <sighs> oh, Project. something I'm so proud of. We actually show up on Google searches now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's actually pretty awesome. Uh, off, from, off from the website that we run, uh, wilderhomesproject.life. Uh, we can see where our views are coming from, and some of them are actually coming from Google searches. So oh, most of them, actually. Mo- okay, most of them, actually, then. People will be searching something like, I don't know, flitting is, is an article well, well, on there. Well, Pergus Hertha. And then we're actually coming up on the Google searches. That's excellent. Oh, yeah, like um, the Groundhog article. It just it had a stupid amount of views in Sorry. one month. Got to do the brags as well. So we right. gotta get those. Well, it's out good there. to boast. Oh yeah, and um, on the link tree too. If you if you care to support us, you can donate to us through um, what is that? Buy me a coffee. Buy me a coffee. You can also support us directly through via PayPal on hyperboreanradio at gmail dot com for the PayPal. And you or can buy also- buy us some shirts, cups, or stickers uh, that we offer through our Hyperborean store or our Hyperborean Radio store, which you can also find on the link tree. I think that's all the all that kind of yeah, brags. We, I other think than one that I really love that I've been bragging about lately. You got all these other channels. 
well, Hyperborea, Europe, doesn't have anything. So we have to borrow from other cultures to fill in the blanks. We have to, to borrow from other peoples to fill in the, the blanks. And we've been doing this for years and never once had to do that. Well, and uh, credit where credit's due, neither has McThunder. Yeah. And, and he digs up some good stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the uh, the business adverts out of the way. I, so. I think so. We don't normally do them this long, but hey, whatever. We It's got to be done. Yes. So, so thanks, everybody, for uh, sitting through that. Yes. Oh, uh, how, how, what was the thing that you said earlier, McThunder? Like the puppy, the puppy commercial. We got to do the puppy commercial to get people. Oh, to oh yeah. It was just fooling around. It was saying, <laughs> you know, adopt <laughs> Adopt a pig and, you know, for five cents a day. <laughs> cue the Enya cue the music. You know? For only 16 cents a day in the arms of an angel. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So um, kind of what we was talking about just before the show was some of the, the traps that the people just coming into paganism step into, and they don't realize that's a trap because everybody else is there in that trap, or at least it seems when you first look around. The reason that this is a good topic, actually, is like you. You actually were raised pagan, mm -hmm. so you you didn't ever really have to worry about this too much. I've been pagan for just about three years now, and McThunder is going on a year and a half. So we're both, we haven't been doing uh, this And that finding long. some wonderful stuff and not having to pie it up. No. no the only pie he has is pumpkin pie. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the things is is once you get past that that conception of pie is the end all be all. It's like a whole world opens up to you. I think they want to want to tie everything back to going back to I don't know the Middle East or something. You know. Well, it's like I've actually fallen into these traps before because when I first got started in paganism, I did what everyone does, which is I listen to who I think pe knows the stuff. The most confident person in the room. Oh, yeah. Like uh, when I was first joining and gr joining pagan groups and I was trying to figure out paganism, I listened to people until basically I started to catch them in either lies or obvious falsehoods. Like one person that was really, really respected. And then he's using the Marvel genealogy and obviously has never read the Eddas, but is talking about himself as if he's an expert in Norse paganism. And at the beginning, because I was just getting started, I used the Eddas. That's why I try not to bag on the Eddas too much. I just try to give context. Right, I'm glad they that are. they exist, but I am. It makes me gur what most people do with. Well, them. they make them into a new Bible, and like, um, actually, I think how we actually met McThunder is he uh, approached us and basically asked about celtic paganism because he mm. was under the impression it was an extremely effeminate weak-willed <laughs> uh, yeah. bunny hand job butterfly wing style uh spirituality and was really upset about that yeah it's it's yeah that's a sore spot so. <laughs> how, how can it be pe uh, how can it be f so hyper feminine when you can't have a marriage without a war breaking out at least three deaths yeah, I mean, I think the loudest voices get heard the most, you know, in, in a lot of cases, especially for people first coming into ethnic faith. Well, so if you're talking about the uh, the pie crowd, you know, they and that's a recent development. You know, that's that's not something ancient, you know, within the past 100 years. And uh, people have been pre preaching that because it it's uh, a system. Let, let it, see. It, it depends on how far back you want to go. The earliest writings I've saw, I've seen on it was in the 1200s, but it was 
it was a thought experiment and la- it was not taken seriously well, at all. It still isn't actually in real circles and lang- well, linguistic well, what circles. What effectively it started out as was trying to tie all European cultures to Judaism. Yeah. I mean, it's even, I forget what its original name was. Specifically, they was trying to, to tie it to Hebrew, to, which then tied it to the Bible. Uh, basically, they're trying oh, to yeah. prove the Tower of Babel correct, which right. here's the thing. Pagan circles are actually doing for them. Uh, like I saw recently someone trying to claim the Ainu were part of the Indo-Europeans. No. And I can, I can see, yeah, I can see how it's, how that's, uh, it's being developed. Like I was just the other day reading, doing some research on uh, what the, the Venerable Bede trying to, and the name of the document was the history of the Britons. So I'm trying to do Pictish uh, research, you know, trying to find mm-hmm. out anything I can about them. But the first like couple of chapters, it seems like, is nothing but you know giving praise to the Christian religion and this thing and that thing. You know, well, like that, to... that one book that you shared with me, the British Eddas, I think, is what it oh, was yeah. called. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Oh. Uh, King Arthur is also Adam. Is also Odin. Is yeah. Just, it's, just it's... the intro of it. Well, and this is the other thing, and I think McThunders noticed this, is the further you get away from your actual ancestral deities in ethnic faith the more esoteric you have to get. Mm-hmm. Because like um, myself, when I first started, everything was symbolic because I was using the, the Eddas. And I didn't realize that there were actual German gods. And now that I know there's German gods, that's why I f- tend to scream their names from the rooftops, is because I'm trying to get the actual Germans to look at their actual gods instead of looking at the Eddas as if it's, you know, gospel. And I think, McThunder, you've kind of had the same thing kind of happen where the closer you get to, like, your, your Scottish, your Irish roots, the the more you're able to connect. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just, like, doing research about which gods and which spirits and their traditions and whatnot, I came to close appreciation and an affiliation for uh, the Kaliak and Vera. You know, the, the Queen of Winter. She essentially created Scotland and pro- probably most of the Isles. So giant is scottish so yeah i mean the the closer you get to finding out your ancestral roots to find out what gods they followed what traditions they did and I, this is true for me it's gonna it's gonna resonate with you more it's right. just the less, feel, the less feel, strange you have to be yeah it's just gonna fit naturally instead of having to use esotericism to make pieces fit but the esoteric meaning of my belly button it'll lead me <laughs> to, to the understanding of the universe well, and I, I remember you actually got mad when I was playing that, that one game with you. Here, let's take three random words, and I was actually using a, a random word generator, and make it mean this thing. And it was far too... I remember you getting angry and being like, this is far too easy, and it looks just like the same shit. <laughs> That's I because it is. Think it was like, I think it was like we took what like a twig and make it, made it equate to like the Spear of Odin or some shit like yeah. that. I don't know. You can take anything and make it fit to mean something else. It's, it's nonsense. Well, and the more and you, can you can do it in relatively it few steps. Well, like I was actually doing it, uh, I'll do this sometimes as mocking, but like people will argue Odin is Hearn, you see, because Hearn is hung in one story, just like Odin was hung in one story. So therefore they're uh, the same because they're both hung. 
And Hearn, of course, is Sir Nunnos, who's also the Green Man. And the Green Man connects to Woden, who's also Odin, because Wooden sounds like it should apply to the Green Man. And then, of course, because Sir Nunnos is the Horned God, the ancient Horned God, and all the Horned Gods are the same, and they're the one true original God that all the other gods spawned from, look at Pan, his name means all. The rest of the Pantheon just spawned from Pan. Therefore, Odin is the one true God. I have seen people make then, similar arguments. Right, and then wreck that person by being like, then why do you call him Odin? Oh, yeah, that fucks them up real quick. <laughs> Man, we need a new plague. Holy shit. <laughs> well, supposedly, if you listen to the news, we already had one. Yeah, well, well and uh, let me see. If you look at the food production, we got the bird flu, we have the swine flu, uh, and then soon coming is the, the mad cow flu. Oh, yes, we have uh, the pestilence, oh. war, famine... Oh, and and death's coming soon, too. But an, another trap that I watch people step into, which really confounds me because they a lot of people grow up under Christianity of one form or another. And then they start reading. Something happens where they, they realize, oh, hey, this is there's something not right here. So then they start. Some people actually will read on the gods, not realizing or not caring that they was written down by the church. And so therefore have a Christian bent to the story and then others do but then they seem to really struggle pulling the christian off from it the only thing i can come up with really is it's because even though they grew up under christianity they don't understand christianity well almost nobody does like you were actually just talking about this mcthunder how you're still realizing certain things you bought when you were catholic that make no sense oh yeah just the other day, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine, and I, I mentioned I was like, "How can you, how can you follow this deity when you know in his in their own book, there's genocide after genocide, eradicating entire peoples, animals, and whatnot." He's like, "Oh, you just have to have faith. You just have to trust." Uh-huh. I'm like, "How, how the fuck do you believe that?" <laughs> well, it's like me. Oh, I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just expressing my disgust. <laughs> well, like when I was a kid, I never really bought it. I bought it in the same way kids buy anything they're told. You can tell like a five-year-old unless he's super cynical or she's super cynical, and they'll buy almost anything you tell them. Mm-hmm. But when I got old enough to actually think about it, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Once the age of consciousness struck you. Yeah, basically the age of consciousness and then the age of uh, cognitive thought. Yeah, further- well, that's what I mean by consciousness is cognitive thought. It's where you begin to be able to reason on your own. Yeah, not just think. Because people will hear that and they'll think like age three or four. I mean like age 11, 12, when I was starting to have my own independent opinions, basically. That's why little kids, we tell them they aren't real people yet. It's because they they can't actually, for my family, you aren't a real people yet. You stand there, you listen. You can ask some questions, but wait until the main talking is done. Pretty much. Until they learn how to actually reason on their own, which we run tests constantly to see if they can, because we'll ask them questions that there are no answers to. Well, and um, um, but uh, not to cut you off, but I was going to say another issue with the whole Christian thing, which you brought up and, and you've noticed this where some people will realize that the stories are written down by Christians. So there's that Christian lens. But then oddly, they take all the pagan stuff out and throw that away, calling it corruption and leave the Christian stuff. Oh, yeah. I refer to it as uh, pagan Puritanism because it's weird. Basically, what they do is, especially, this is especially true of, like, uh, people that were raised Protestant. You get into paganism. You don't really understand Christianity, but you know it got shoved into paganism. That paganism has been 
both have been contorted. Christianity adapted to fit paganism so people would actually do it. And paganism got affected by Christianity because of the culture of the time and who wrote it down. People, for some reason, and I think, McThunder, you've probably noticed this too, will take out the actual pagan bits and keep the puritanical bits. It is the weirdest thing. One of the biggest examples is a lot of pe so-called pagans will end up with a sky daddy, all-loving figure, even if it fits terribly. They'll have some Marian uh, Madonna-esque figure. They'll choose a goddess, the All-Mother, which there were no All-Mothers. There's literally no god that had that title before feminism. We've looked. Yeah, the, the whole Frigg is the All-Mother thing, that's feminism. It has nothing to do with her actual title. And then, of course, you always have a Christ god. A Christ-style god, whether it's Lu, Mabon, Balder, right, and it's Apollo. not the god itself; it's what people are doing with it. Well, it's it's conception. It's like we've yeah. said before: a, a Yahweh by any other name is the same thing, because God is a European right. term. Deus is a European. To paraphrase name. Shakespeare, yeah, Bog is a is a European term, but these words are used for the Christian God. It's why it doesn't really matter if you're worshiping, say, Odin or Tyr, or the Dogda, if you're treating him like Yahweh. Same with Rod, same with oh. Zeus. And then, um, McThunder, what do you think <laughs> about that subject? Uh, I think it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, strong influence with, with Christianity and Abrahamism has had, like on entire countries, it does affect the way people think and go about uh, their entire worldview. So, like, I've seen it in a lot of pagan circles, the, the need for a sky daddy that's going to come down and save us. Whereas I kind of, I, I look at it as the general view that nobody's going to save us but ourselves. You know, it's not a one person, one thing. You know, it's, it's, it's the collective us. We believe in our so, own strength and power as a people. Whereas uh, a lot of these Abrahamic faiths, they have the, mess, the Messiah complex. They're waiting for Superman to come save them. Superman, yeah. Jesus, a prophet. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was even a song about it, unfortunately. The Pagan Christ. It's this whole idea that it happens a lot, and it's why occultism ruins every pagan revival, is the pagans inevitably want to be able to include their Christian family members, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. So they try to find some commonalities between the two, but there really isn't that many with, unless it's paganified. So yeah, eventually pretty you end much up just with the occult. Pretty much what it comes down to is for that commonality to exist, their Christian family members have to put that mindset aside, that Christian mindset that they cling to desperately. Desperately. It's out of desperation, to be honest. It's fear. They're just scared, so they're clinging to the sinking raft. Well, to paraphrase a post I did recently, it's uh, actually a, a quote uh, from Old English, but it's, Christ is mighty, but weird is mightier. And weird being a goddess or a uh, the web of weird. Basically what happens is when Christianity first showed up, it presents itself as just another white god cult. And then as things go on, it gets more and more fervent until it starts wiping out the other cults. Like there's examples of the Christian god, for instance, being praised alongside other gods. It's because they're under the uh, misapprehension that this cult is just another god cult. It's just another, it's, it's, it's just like, oh yeah, the Odin cult moved in here. It's not that big a deal. We've had that happen before. Except this one is, uh, has a very bloody exclusionary policy. And you can jump in at any time. Don't be afraid to interrupt us. Oh yeah, us. yeah. Feel free. <clears throat> I've been seeing, seeing some weird shit along that lines too. Also, this weird phenomenon is, it's not necessarily a phenomenon. This weird movement of, uh, you ever heard of Christian witches? 
Oh yeah. And yeah. Christian. Oh my gosh, I came across that for the first time the other day. We and, didn't uh, warn you about some of these things. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing. I, I don't but know how so you. But that's so ridiculous. That can't be true. We shall not suffer our witch to live, except under Almighty Christ. And then only until they can get away with doing um, the not suffering them to live. Well, and and another thing too, which I know that you still struggle with, because sometimes you'll be talking. I had an insight. Maybe I'm thinking too hard. Generally, that is a trap. Actually, that a lot of uh, people. Coming back, uh, awakening to, I, I don't even know how to describe it, returning to our ethnic faith. They struggle with is overthinking stuff. Well, everything has to be symbolic. It's like everyone is trying to figure out who Santa Claus is. And my answer, Santa Claus. Well, like how many times, how many times have you uh, shared something with me? And then you're like, I'm probably overthinking this. Okay. So not, <laughs> ju- not just that, but how many times have I said, yes, you are? Uh, Probably about yeah, like almost every time. Yeah, almost almost every time because you know I got that's just the way my brain functions. But it's just we're we as a people are built to ask questions. Right, we're we're and, built to ask questions, but we've also been trained to basically overthink, over rationalize. Well, it's like that oh, old yeah. uh, that old meme of the English teacher. What the English teacher thinks the blue curtains mean. You see, the author was trying to represent the melancholy and suicidal thoughts of his character through the blue curtains. What the author actually meant, the curtains were fucking blue. <laughs> yeah, I think the sim- the simplest course is the best. It is the best. It's Occam's not, razor. Yeah, it's not some uh, hidden meaning behind a lot of stuff. It's just taking at face value. Well, a lot you of know, pe- is, uh, go ahead. I was going to say a lot of pagans when they first start getting into paganism. They feel really awkward when they do ritual. It's because we're not we're not supposed to do it that way. There, there's no records of like taking a bunch a pagan going out drawing a chalk circle and or like the Chinese with the what are those incense sticks or chopsticks or whatever yeah, it is that it, they shake. There's zero historical records of that or the rune casting. At least the way people do it now, that there's no record the, of that for a ritual. Nope, not a thing. And basically what it turns into is the reason that you feel like you're uh, being kind of foolish, like the people that argue kill a lamb and let it rot. There's no evidence we ever did that. We don't kill the lamb. Yes. Letting it rot. No, no. Then you eat it. Yeah. That's even written into mythology around sacrifice because like there's a Greek story with Prometheus. The people eat the meat. That's the point. And one of the things that that was a that's a big burden off my shoulders you know when you're getting it when you're getting into any kind of project or any kind of new thing you want to do it to the best of your ability right mm-hmm. very high so Korean. yeah so myself i wanted to get into every aspect of of a uh, ethnic faith that i wanted to part of that i thought included ritual and i was racking my brain trying to figure out the best way to do it you know should i should i cast runes you know everything a lot of people will uh We'll think about when they first coming into ethnic faith and paganism. Mm-hmm. But it, it alleviated a big burden on my shoulder when I realized I don't have to do any of that. How's that going to affect you know? It, how's that going to affect me at all? Right, but you it's, do do you, you do do you do <laughs> you do comma do rituals every day. You right. when you put your kids to bed, when you have a meal with your kids, when you go to sports with your kids, when you go for a walk with your kids. Those are the most right. important rituals that you could possibly do in your in your life as far as your kids are concerned and your gods. When you hug your wife, when you kiss your wife, when you spend time with your wife, 
that is the most important rituals that you could possibly do with your wife and the gods. Just for some examples, like you work out, that's the gods of strength. You read a story to your kids, that's the gods of family, of storytelling. You, you go to your kid's football game or baseball game, that's descended of these old war games we used to play. It's, uh, it's honoring gods of war, gods of strength, gods of family, yet again. It's like we've said, the thing about ethnic faith is the reason there doesn't seem to be any ritual is everything's a ritual. Yes. And not because we have to cast runes and smoke incense over everything we or do. Or every time that we swing the bat, say, oh, praise. I almost said all out because I was mo- I'm so used to mocking them. <laughs> oh, praise Thor <laughs> and then swing the bat. We don't have to do that. All we have to do is swing the bat. Exactly. Oh man, yeah, but that was that was a big kind of turning point for me. I I, I remember that specifically because I was like, I don't have to, I don't really have to do any of that. Uh, well, I, I don't have to build this big bonfire. I don't have to get my chakra crystals out. I don't have any. No, no chakra crystals. No, <laughs> no chakras. No, and salt crystals yeah. are to be eaten. I don't have to draw any symbols on the ground. I just have to, yeah, just keep being me. But we've said it a to couple the best times. of my ability. Right to yeah. the best of your ability and earnestly. Not, not through deception. That's actually what it is. It's, it's like people that don't see magic in life. It's because it's everywhere. Well, it's like uh, one of the things that uh, is most drastic for people that get into ethnic faith, actual ethnic faith. And McThunder, you actually dealt with this. And uh, the reeling effects of, it, of realizing it is the races are intrinsically different. Something as simple as uh, water fountains and flipping coins into it. Hyperboreans do the coin tradition, and we do it almost instinctively, throwing something into the lake, throwing something into the fountain. Other races will go in and get the coins, because why is all their free money here? Why, why are people doing this? It's, right. it's confusing to them. I remember one of the things that really, when we were talking, that kind of messed with your head a little bit, <laughs> was when we said, according to Hyperborean ethnic faith and folklore, uh, we're bear people. And at first, just like us, you were more on the side of, oh, it's a metaphor. And then the more you looked, the more it was like, holy shit. I can't unsee this. Especially with the showing of the skin bear paws, and you put them side by side with one of ours, it's just, that's one aspect of it. But then you have things like bears are being known to, have been known to sit on a hill and appreciate a sunrise. You know, certain things that we do because we appreciate beauty in the world. They're in the world around us. It's it's uncanny how much we share in common with bears. Right, and then you look at other animals, and a lot of those traits just aren't there. Well, that's the thing yeah. that always ends up messing with people's heads, is not just realizing how unique we are, but once you can see what we look like, you can start to contrast it with the other races, and that's when it starts to mess with your head just a little bit, because mm-hmm. all of society has taught us growing up that we're all the same. The differences are only skin deep until you get into the medical field. Yes. And yeah. like your reaction to it? Go ahead. I think I brought it up one time. It's yes, when we start, first started talking about this, it, it's the, like a zoo out there. <laughs> <laughs> so just because we built buildings and uh, established like territory lines doesn't mean the animal kingdom ended there. So it's, it's pretty uncanny. So we were describing it one time. If you just pay attention to laughs, like we as Harfaborians, we do that deep belly laugh and just kind of like, you know, cock our head back or just like put our hands on our knees and laugh at something. Mm-hmm. But if you look, if you look at um, Ameriblacks or like when they start getting laughed and they have to move around, jump around. 
slap something, you know, fall right. on the and ground. It's, just it's not that they can't stay still, but you can tell it's different and that they're making themselves stay still where Hyperboreans, we, we have a tendency to stay still and laugh. Well, and yeah. one of the core differences between the mythologies of the different people is Hyperboreans tend to have fallible, very human gods and demigods and heroes and spirits, and the other races don't. Yeah, I've, I've done some looking. I can't find, and it doesn't mean that they don't exist. It just means on the level that I'm willing to put research into it, I haven't found any other race that has fallible deities. No, our, and, and if it is fallible, it's automatically a bad guy. Yes, like uh, yeah, like the uh, like the Hindus, like that. All their gods are blue. <laughs> no, I think well, I they're not all blue, blue, but yes, they're they. Well, most of them, yeah. Yeah, they they have a tendency to have breasts, so and no beards. All the big ones have. Well, I was actually talking about this with uh, my boss yesterday at work. I was talking about how the different races have different physical attributes, and as a result of trying to make everybody evened out, nobody is happy. Yeah. No one can fit. Nobody the is healthy and nobody is mentally stable and nobody is emotionally stable because they're averaging out the races. Well, yeah, it's, it comes down to clothing. Clothing doesn't work for anybody. Beauty standards don't fit anybody. We are we have created a world that is for nobody mm -hmm. because we've tried to make it for everybody. It's that old saying, uh, if you're everybody's friend, you're nobody's friend. Right. Uh, you, you've traveled the world a bit. You know, if I was to go to. Japan, I would expect to encounter the Japanese beauty standard, not the Hyperborean beauty standard. And I would oh, also sure. expect to encounter many, many Japanese, not people just yeah. born there. Well, white people can be Japanese too. No, they can't. No, they can't. No, That's, no, <laughs> no, no, we can't. Japanese worked, people can be Japanese. I've, I've worked amongst Japanese for quite, quite some time, you know, regular trips over there and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. um, but like simple things like they consider the the second that tooth that that is a, like a second a second tooth that comes out on your gums uh what's it called like a snaggle tooth um mm. you know what i mean is are you talking about our our ver or the human version of the canines the eye tooth yeah i believe so but it's it's slightly higher on the gum and stuff like that they they oh, consider okay. that a, yeah they consider that a beauty mark like really they yeah they actually um They'll actually go to dentists and and have a procedure done where they can have something like where that. they get the snaggle tooth. Yeah, because that's what I grew up knowing it as. It's, it's where the uh, the root of the tooth is starting to be exposed through the gum, or it's yeah. it's not the root itself, but it's right up against the root, and the rest of the the, the lines uh, the gum line is down and even. Yeah. Well, and here's something yeah. for anyone who enjoys anime to just mess with your heads. Most things in anime are based off of real life. Yeah. They, they tend to draw very little from imagination. Yeah, they're not a very imaginative people. And there are exceptions. Well, and they admit it. They, oh, yeah, they, they do. They admit that they're not very imaginative. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll actually hire white people, like for the Pokemon franchise, to do the designs. Or, um, or architect well, and, and, uh, companies will do the same thing. Hayao Miyazaki, one of the most famous creative think creative. Uh, writers yeah. of um recent memory for the japanese he's obviously got ainu admixture right and well even he admits he doesn't draw that much from imagination because he doesn't really have one no but he is very very good at what he does yeah which, which is actually where the the asians excel they're um they're very good at precision and detail work mm-hmm but they're well, and every race has its thing that it's the best at. Well, what what are what are Hyperboreans the best at? 
well, pound for pound, we're the strongest, the physically strongest pound for pound. But besides that, we're like the beech tree. We might not be necessarily the fastest or jump the highest or have the best spatial awareness, but we have the second best at everything. Well, it's like uh, the Asians, like we just mentioned, the precision. They're also the most flexible, I'd argue, because they can straight up, the, the, like the, the Asian squat, like people compared the Western squat mm-hmm. to the Asian squat. Well, and that's not specifically the 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 uh, Japanese. It's it's the Oriental Asians. Yes, specifically like the Eastern Asians. Squatting down and literally putting their ass on the ground. It's not just a flexibility thing. It is a body proportion thing. We're just not built oh, yeah. to do that. They have extra yeah, muscles just, in their knees. Well, <laughs> just just wait until you go into one of their public restrooms and you got a toilet on the floor. No. <laughs> no. I have no yeah. problem with the toilet on the floor part. But, um, no, I'm just not going to go there. Well, and we also, I think, have, unless the Samoans are, because they're the only race I know of where the males are bigger on average than we are. Unless the Samoans are uh, the exception, we also have the longest gestation time and the slowest breeding rate. It's mm-hmm. why anytime we try to play the breeding game, we lose. We just can't beat any of the other races with speed. That doesn't mean don't have babies because, well, we can't outbreed them. No, no, no. We can still have many, many children and we have twins and whatnot. But we can also raise the ones that we do have for quality. And that's actually one of the things with Hyperborean ethnic faith is it is quality over quantity. Yeah, you can have 13 kids, but you want those 13 kids to be the strongest you can possibly be, and you're probably more likely going to have four or five. Well, that's why it was bragging rights once upon a time to have 13 kids, because especially 13 kids that survived, it was bragging rights to have. I have a baker's dozen that used to be bragging rights because it really wasn't that common. Five, six, maybe nine for a big family. 13 was a huge family. Oh, that, yeah, wasn't, like, that was not the average family size. Well, there was one family, I think it was in Russia, and the family had like 30 or more kids. I forget how many, but it was a stupid Are you number. talking about that family where the woman was still having babies? In her old age, and yeah. she had like a lot of sets of twins and triplets. Yeah. And that's the exception. That's why it's so impressive. Well, but, and the thing is, she, was, she wasn't an urban city dweller. She actually did things. She actually raised her kids, spent time with them, did work outdoors. So she was healthy. Well, and that's kind of the thing is one of the things you start to notice with actual ethnic faith is that it's in everything you do. Like, for instance, <clears throat> you go to the circus. Someone goes to the circus and you see all these different things and you see the clowns. The clowns, their appearance, it's very, very contorted at this point. But if you go back far enough, you can trace it to the god Harlequin. Or um, Bourbon is named after the god, Bourbonus. Uh, the Starbucks logo is Melusine. All of our holidays are based on really old holidays. Even the newer holidays, like Fourth of July. That's effectively American Midsummer, because even though we don't celebrate Midsummer anymore... The holiday of 4th of July is the closest one, and the traditions pretty much just went over there instead. We just replaced a bonfire with a giant amount of fireworks. So, yeah, ethnic faith, it's the easiest thing to do. Well, it's the easiest. Especially for Hyperboreans. I can't speak for the other races, but I'm guessing it's easy for them to do well, their, it's, their own ethnic faith. It is simultaneously very easy and very hard. And the only reason I even remotely consider it hard is the detox. Oh, yeah. I always forget about that part. Yeah. Well, because you never had to go through it. (laughs) Well, I did kind of um, because I had to learn how to adapt to regular society. So mine was like the in the other direction. 
but like me and McThunder, we've both had to try and figure out, and we've had to do it while navigating society. So we didn't have this space where we could go full barbarian. So we're trying to adapt while still realizing all these pagan things because it does actually, to an extent, it gets hard to communicate with normal people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, especially the people I work with, I mean, once you, (laughs) they don't ask me for my opinion on much anymore. Let me just put it that way. (laughs) Don't ask me my, my, don't ask me my opinion because I'll give it to you. Yeah, and uh, and hear shrieks and howls, and you know, shame on you. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> you asked me what I thought. This is how it fucking is. Well, it's like <laughs> I I don't do small talk anymore. I can't do it. Like someone will talk about a TV show, and I just can't do it. Like uh, I started talking about the cultural ramifications of with the day the music died at work yesterday. That oh, was wow. my that was my small talk. The cultural ramifications of the death of rock and roll in the day the music died followed by the british invasion effectively globalizing america even further by music and that was my small talk at work <laughs> <laughs> yeah our small talk and you're probably going to end up there where your small talk ends up with people having to go do six hours of research to understand what it was that you was just talking about yeah sometimes oh, i end with smiles sometimes i end up with deer in the headlights mm-hmm. sometimes i end up terrifying people Oh, no, what did I just open up? <laughs> well, like uh, one time I was talking to a black shin at one of, uh, one of the jobs I worked at, and I basically told her, oh, I have no problem with conquest, which immediately just snuffed out a lot of her arguments, and then she tried to talk about how poor black people were treated under slavery, and I started going into, yes, I mean, you have to deal with all these cultural ramifications of Christianity and the Irish slaves, and of course, and then I got into like how a lot of the Amera blacks got their admixture, there were Irish women forcibly forced to make mulattoes because mulattoes could sell for more. All of a sudden, she didn't want to talk to me no more because I wouldn't play into the liberal bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I and I, I didn't it, say it as accusatory. I just said it matter of factly. That was that was the part that terrified her the most. Oh yeah, if you know things and you're not gonna sit there and like like give into their game because they're used to that. Once you say, oh, uh, you know, black people have suffered under slavery, I'd be like, have you ever heard of the, what is it, the Barbary slave trade? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah they, they don't like bringing that up. Where most people make make the mistake is they try playing victim card against victim card. Don't do that. Leave oh, your no. victim card I, down and just lay it out as matter of fact. If that is your strength in claiming to be a victim, then you are a sad sack, man. Right. I'm a, I said, well, and here's I, the, the victim Olymp- the <laughs> oppression Olympics is over. The winner was straight black American males. I, I would have lost that bet, but the evidence shows this to be true. Well, it's the group that they will literally cover up what they do. Like, they could just straight up... And ride kill. over. Oh, yeah. Like, they will straight up kill a uh, another black who happens to be gay, or they'll be beating their wife. And they will cover it up like, he was such a good man. This was just yeah. such a bad un- misunderstanding. He went to church every Saturday or every Sunday, uh, whatever day Christians go to church on. Well, like and he fed the poor and he he groomed homeless puppies. Well, like that one guy that literally, the black guy that drove a car into a parade and yes. even admitted it was to kill white people. They were like, this poor misunderstood black man pushed too far by the racist regime. Yeah, I remember that. Was that yeah. North Carolina? No, that was like in that. Wisconsin. Yeah, it was Wisconsin. In, I forget the name of the town, but yes, it was in Wisconsin, straight through the middle of a parade. And here's the thing is a lot of people, they go straight to hate. They hate uh, the blacks. They hate uh, the political climate. They hate 
the Amer Indians. They hate the Asians. They hate this. They hate that. They they hate men. They hate women. This is pointless by ethnic faith. That's why we push apathy towards our enemies. Apathy without, empathy within. Yes. Because they have it flipped. Apathy within, empathy without. Care about this poor, starving right. black kid. Well, and, and the thing is, is uh, hatred and anger. That is actually caring about. Well, what it is, is the reason people start hating is because they started at love. Mm-hmm. Not not to be all hippy-dippy, but we're taught love thy neighbor, you know, with the Christianity. Well, and a lot and, of people think hatred is the exact opposite of love. It's, it's not. not. There's a razor's edge between love and hatred. Well, it's, Apathy, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. Well, it's why whenever anyone tries to raise their kids to hate the other races, they end up going the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Because they don't, have, they don't have your original love for this idea of everyone getting along together in this Star Trek paradise oh, to, yeah. to flip to hate. So if you just start from hate with no balance, there's nothing to burn. There's no wick. So you just flip it, and you've been taught to hate them so much that what is your first instinct? Flip that. Right, and then the first one that doesn't fit this mold that was taught to them, oh, all of that was wrong, and these are the bestest people in the world. And and it, it, it's not actually just a Hyperborean thing because there's there's been black children that was raised to hate white people, and then they meet one that doesn't that's not a dick, and they're like, oh, wow, I thought all white people were evil and hate, full of hatred, and but you're actually kind and... Basically, it's once you realize that the other races are effectively, and I would consider literally different species, it's like hating a raccoon. You might not like that the raccoon got into your trash, but it's just a raccoon. You don't hate all raccoons because one of them got in your trash. Right. And you don't blame raccoons for getting into your trash. It's food. They're hungry. Or like mosquitoes. Nobody likes to get bit by mosquitoes or have mosquitoes swarming around their head. But you don't give a shit if they're... 50 yards away and you can't even hear them. They can be swarming over there all they want and you don't give a shit. That's apathy. That's apathy without. And I think that's part of what I really want to talk about. The thing that everyone forgets about ethnic faith is that it's, there's a really good German word for it. Weltenschlong, which I accidentally might have said some kind of penis. but Welted penis. <laughs> but um, I don't speak German, but it basically means a worldview a way of looking at the world. And that's what ethnic faith is. Is it a religion? Only in the sense that it fulfills that role to an extent and it's mutually exclusive. You can't do ethnic faith and be Christian. Mm-hmm. You can't be a Christian witch. No, uh, no I'm, I'm struggling to realize how they did that too. It's how do you reconcile it too? They're, they're not compatible. So. Well, it's like we've said before, most witches are just a, most modern quote unquote witches are just occultists. But yeah, it's one of the things that really affected me because like, I'll be honest, when I first got started in paganism, like CG even remembers, I was a total wreck of a human being. Oh, and then when I'd point things out and then you couldn't unsee them. And I even warned you, I'm like, now is the time. If you want to go back to what your life was, now is the time to do it because you go much further. There is no no returning to the way that it was because you will understand things. You will see things that you just cannot unsee. Well, and that's the thing is once you go pagan, your worldview changes so much, you can't be the same person. Well, embrace, um, once, once you embrace your true ethnic faith and I'd like to talk to some people from other groups that's literally not doing what the academics say, what the churches say that they did, but literally pursuing their their ethnic faith starting with understanding themselves at their core and see if it's the same for them i'm just curious you've met a few 
uh, but I you have never asked that question. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't think to ask that question. So well, I'd like to meet some more. Well, and a lot of not well, on the show because no. that would. N- nope. I've seen where people's tried doing that and it would end very badly. Yeah, sadly. But what it turns into is like myself. I was. I thought I was basically crazy. I was physically weak. I was unfortunately, I'll be fully honest, a little bit effeminate, to put it mildly. I was I was basically a modern. All these things that I mock, one of the reasons I mock these traits is because I used to have a lot of them. I used to be really liberal. I used to be not very masculine. I used to be a lot of these things. And the more I understand our people, the better I feel and the more I fit solidly in. It's like a circus bear. A circus bear is usually spoiled. Uh, it's probably mistreated. It's passive. Doesn't really know how well, to do certain like things. Well, like the post that we did. You don't have to teach a, a circus bear how to be a bear. All you have to do is teach it how to stop being a circus bear. Yes. Or uh, another good post we did. Um, just because they've taken our claws doesn't mean that we forgot how to use them. Yeah. Well, oh, I, I have an <clears throat> actual question because we have you here. What was it that motivated you to start your Telegram channels? Because there's a bunch of channels out there. I like yours amongst the best because it, it, you don't get stu- strange, strange, strange. I was digging for a different, for a more positive word. You don't get, you, you don't have to get all strange. So what ended <laughs> up uh, provoking you to start your, your Telegram channel, which is, by the way, bigger than ours. Really? <laughs> no, I think uh, it initially started out I wanted to keep uh, some kind of document down, you know, some some way to kind of yeah like like a journal of some sort of, of like everything that i'm finding that i find interesting and i, I still go back and to the beginning and, and review them and just be like you know how and just think of my thought process and where my research is taking me and stuff like that so it's it's just a good I, and i like writing you know it's just one of my one of my loves so this is a good way to to exercise that so it initially started out as a uh intro for paganism you know, for people trying to get, uh, trying to get in or trying to find out good information about like ethnic faith and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it just kind of merged into like a like a love interest <laughs> for ethnic faith. It's just it's taken over now. It's just it, it's it's pretty neat. Well, that's sort of like uh, I think when I first started putting out like my research, I was doing it for the same reason, which was I wanted to help people that were first getting into it. That's why a lot of times I'll write on obscure subjects. Is because you have to first you have to find books that are good for it, which is a minefield, and then you have to dilute it down because there's like eighty percent useless or even incorrect information in there. Like I've read books by supposed experts where they'll they'll quote like the the equivalent of the movie version of something that isn't even in the original text. Like talk about Freya talking to the Rhine maidens in the Nibelungen Lied, when that's specific. All of that is specific to Wagner's poem. So I try to cut through the bullshit especially for the more obscure stuff especially for people that are first getting into it because that's one of the problems is there's not a lot of non-bullshit sources for people that first get started and oh actually, for sure yeah and actually something like oh well, go ahead uh like what one of the th- a lot of the posts that i do is it has to be like the information just like you're saying it has to be trimmed down from i could put eight pages of like a elaboration and just random thoughts and stuff like that that I find from other people. But I, I prefer to go to the source and find out that useful tad, tidbit of information that helps us all. Not this elaboration from through the lens of somebody else, but actual facts and actual beliefs. Even then, because you do pretty good work, there's 
there's been a couple posts where I'm like, oh, hey, and then I throw you some information, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> and greatly appreciate it. You know, I'm, it's an ongoing process. Right. I'm still, like we were saying earlier, trying to shake off the shake off uh, modern thought and, and uh, Christian thought and things like, right. like that, you know, how we've been shaped to and trying to get back right. into... Right, well, and the thing is, uh, is you did good research to get there. It's just, um, unfortunately, on this one post, you took the information that was that was handed at face value and didn't think to uh, to go any further. But I, I associate that with like the lifetime of training of not knowing how to ask questions, but you're 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 really good and usually pretty good about when you find out if something wasn't right, going back and fixing it. Yeah, yeah you really are, man. Uh, thanks, man. I, I really don't want to mislead anybody and I want to present it as accurately as possible, too. So, well, and this is and, another... uh, go ahead. No, you got it, man. Go, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, one of the things people don't do that they really need to do, in my opinion, when they're researching paganism is I know it's tempting to do to just let it flow, to like download it. You no, basically argue have, with it every step of the way. You have to argue with it every step of the way. I mean, sometimes it'll make a good point and make you rethink things, but you're basically having a debate with the text. And the more information you have, the better you can debate the text. Sometimes the text will agree with you or or make you see something new. Like there's texts that have made me think about things in a completely different way because I didn't have the information that they have. Like people might think that I never change my opinion on stuff. I change my opinion all the time. And actually something I'm curious about, McThunder, is what, uh, what what's the origin story of your return to ethnic faith? Like how did, how did you one day decide, you know what, I want to look into my Celtic ancestry, uh, this Catholic thing, it's just not doing it for me. Uh, it's it's been a, a lifelong process, off and on lifelong process. So ever since an early age, I've been drawn to like older things. I mentioned in a past podcast, uh, older things, you know, um, different religions, different stories, different lore, you know, that the old ways and something like that. But I was always living with a, with a Christian household that told me those things are wrong. You know, this is the way we've always been. So it's. Yeah, I, I don't think I can point to one specific timeline if I could say like a year and a half ago. Yeah, that's as good as time as any. So <laughs> that seems to be the really common because it was the same way with me. Is it took me years uh, to end up going to ethnic faith. I spent like you know four, first fourteen years of my life kind of passively Catholic, even though I hated church. Like I, w- I would grab couches and stuff so my parents when they were dragging me by my feet trying to get me to go to church if i'm going so is the couch pretty much <laughs> and then big from, you're a big lad too so that's that's quite an effort <laughs> well i was like seven at the time so i wasn't you know six well, foot two okay. at seven but <laughs> but um and then from there i had my whole atheist phase from like high school through college and part of my 20s and basically over time i realized i actually do believe in something for lack of a better term, spiritual, but it's, I don't, I didn't know what it was. And I actually started looking oddly enough at Catholicism because that's what I knew. And then I started looking into paganism and I just liked that more and more and more. And it it resonated, I think, with a lot of the things that, um, that I had actually found interesting throughout my life. Like it's people have actually commented on this. They'll go Shinto because of Hayao Miyazaki's work. And I did like Hayao Miyazaki's stuff, but I knew I didn't want to pretend to be a Japanese ethnic faith. Right. But it, it's always a process. That's the thing is it's 
if someone immediately goes from like they have that singular moment i'm almost suspicious because i don't know anyone that actually function that switched from one to the other from a single moment it's like a process also the um coming to ethnic faith one of the things i think it was a big 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 shun away for me was just seeing seeing how how it was at the time so as i mentioned before it was like all wiccany blue-haired people wearing dresses and all that kind of stuff and uh, I was just like, how can this be what Celtic ethnic faith is? I mean, how can that how can that be? And it was such a big turnoff, and I would just go running right back into Abraham. And by the way, fairies don't have wings. Oh yeah, that is that is one of the biggest sticking points, especially with the more Wiccan minded, is they don't have the butterfly wings. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and I've I've looked that up too. That's that's all to do to art. You know, they wanted to make them seem more ethereal. Or what, what they have do you. too. I've seen them. They've got wings. Uh, it wasn't a fairy. <laughs> it wasn't a fairy. It might have been a hallucination brought on by some interesting or, drugs. Or but... some Greek thing. Or there, there, There's other possibilities. Well, there are a couple of Greek gods that do have yeah. butterfly wings. So, like, uh, I, I think most of our people, when they see angels, that's what they're seeing. Is is fae or uh, certain gods. Right. Well, because not all, all the, the angel sightings describe them having wings. Some do, but uh, actually quite a few don't. Well, that's like uh, Our Lady of Lords, the the Mar- the Marian shrine in mm-hmm. France that has like the healing water. There's a uh, not Nehelenia, Nanisfelta. Uh, there's a theory that people have that it was actually Nanisfelta because that's her, te- her that's the area that she was venerated in. Uh, she's associated with all the things Our Lady of Lords is. So there's this hypothesis or theory, whatever you want to give it to, that it's actually a goddess, uh, probably Nanisfelta. And they just attributed it to Mary because when you see a divine feminine figure, what's a Christian's first instinct? Angel or uh, Mary? Yeah. Well, and I was just—I was just going to tell your listeners or the, whoever's listening—if you don't want to have nightmares, don't look up biblically accurate angels. <laughs> oh, yeah, do not. Be no, look them up. Was, look them up. Was, uh, was uh, not uh, hyperbole. Look them up and share them with all of the Christian friends. Yes. Oh, jeez, that's frightening, man. Well, and it's actually something, because I'll do posts on it all the time, like, this thing you think is Christian isn't Christian. Like, Sinterklaas being descended of all these pagan figures to the point where, aside from his name, there's nothing left. He's basically Woden mixed with, like, five other gods and then put in a bishop's outfit. He's he's the lord of the frickin' dead in mythology, if you look at it. It's, It's actually really interesting. And it's it's like when people ask me, you know, well, I'm going pagan and I want to do a pagan Christmas. How do you do Yule? And I'm like, do what you're doing now. Take the Jesus stuff and throw it out the window. You can even keep the angel on top or the star on top, unless it's the star of David. Well, yeah, you can you can keep a star on top of your tree. You can keep an angel on top of your tree. The stocking, Santa Claus, reindeer, all of that. All of it's pagan. All that stuff. Just get rid of. You don't even have to get rid of the manger. Just get rid of the baby in the manger and the little rocking thingy. Well, that's like... Um, and and uh, the three kings, those go away too. I mean, if you really want to, you can have a manger-esque thing. You just replace it with like the Moirai or the Norns and then throw like Dionysus yeah. or another god baby. Well, because Christians aren't supposed to do none of that stuff anyways. Oh, it's idolatry. It, yeah, it's, it's against idolatry. the rules. Yeah, I mean, even like a guardian angels. Aside from the name, it's pagan as fuck. And that's the thing. That's what we mean, like, when we started this podcast and said people are overthinking it. You're already mostly doing pagan stuff unless you're, like, Jehovah's Witness, so you're fine. It's actually less work to go pagan than you think it is. Yeah. 
And I think that's the long and the short of it is when people get into ethnic faith, they don't know where to go. So they think it's got to be super complicated. I remember the question I was going to ask when we first started talking and you was asking about research materials, et cetera, et cetera. I gave you a suggestion and I think that you, for the most part, actually, uh, actually took it. I suggest always to people new to it and trying to actually grab a hold of our real ethnic faith. To read Conan by Robert E. Howard, specifically that Conan, written only by Robert E. Howard. What do you think of that advice? Because I actually gave it to you. How, how did that work out for you? Yeah, there's. Uh, I haven't made it all the way through the book, you know, because life. You know, I, I have the uh, collected series, so it's a big, big, big book. But it has the feel of uh, ethnic faith on it uh, throughout, you know. So the barbarianism and, like sword fights and just like the overall feel of the books is it's awesome yeah it's would, good would you say that helps you filter through some of the nonsense um yeah yeah getting right getting right to the source so it's um that's that's another thing i do also when um when i find a tidbit of information i try to find out what the source is saying his source was and then finding out the source of that source going all the way back to the beginning <laughs> Until you can't chase it no more. Yeah, that's that's the best way to do it when you're going with sources. But the reason yeah. the reason why I suggest Conan to newer people, and typically they will have already tipped their toes into other, let's call them schools of thought. I'm like, just read Conan the Barbarian, and what you're doing is absorbing the feel of it. It's not all about the sword fighting, and it's not all about the, the maidens and the, the nakedness. It's just his general approach to life and that feeling. And start from there, then work outwards. And um, some people are like, yeah. And other people are like, no, that's a stupid idea. I'm not even going to try it. Well, and interestingly enough, part of the reason that Conan is such a good thing to read, because actually that was one of the things that I first started reading as well, is literally, especially for men, it's that masculine feel. Mm -hmm. Well, and some people think Conan is all grim, but a lot of the stories he laughs boisterously. Even in the face of death. Even in the face of death. Or heartbreak. The hardest times to laugh, and he laughs boisterously. Um, he's he's sincere in everything that he says and everything that he does. Well, and actually, one of the one of the hardest things to kind of try and figure out with ethnic faith, and it's twofold, is and it's because modernity makes these very hard. Ethnic faith is all about community and family. Mm -hmm. Most people have families that they're alienated from, especially if they go pagan. And community is pretty much missing for most people, sadly. Mm -hmm. Even if they have family. Yes. And then on the other side, it's also people will talk about the magic of words. The only magic in words is if you mean what you say. As so many people are duplicitous in the pagan sphere. They will say something but not mean it. They'll pretend to be something they're, they're not. And I think that's really, really damaging. And it's, it's the true across the board. People are so are putting on airs words have lost all meaning it's why people only really follow actions now because we've learned not to trust words mm -hmm. once your boast better be backed up or there will be consequences now you can pretend to be a multi-millionaire until you are a multi-millionaire there's entire grift uh not grifter but there's entire self-help things that like you want to get rich too buy my book and it'll teach you how and then they get rich off the self-help book it's the fake yeah. it till you make it instead of the boasted after you achieved it and it's it's very different from how ethnic faith for hyperboreans work we're a very earnest very honest it's part of why we're so naive yeah we, we immediately believe people it, it's um especially when we're kids we will just believe what uh, the adults tell us mm -hmm. it's why a lot of people stay christian 
especially if their home life isn't a shit show. It's just, this is what I was raised, this is what my family believes, and I was told this is true, so I believe it is true. And not everyone buys that. Like, I, I've had people message me before that they actually have family members, especially men, that they've considered suicide because Christianity is so anti-masculine that it actually makes them clinically depressed and well like and you combine that with depression is actually part of our condition as hyperboreans we get manic and we do get depressed yeah, it well, is actually normal for us well thor that is like thor's whole being is he is a manic depressive god but he's not bipolar he's just thor yeah. he's extreme he's boisterous in everything he does and that's part of the reason that i'm so vehemently against christianity is that what it does to our people it is so ill-fitted the more christian you are the less you fit your own nature uh like mcthunder you yeah. ha you've been pagan for a year and a half and before that you were kind of fading away from catholicism what how do you kind of see the differences like how does it how do you kind of react thinking like how you were under catholicism and how you are under ethnic faith and kind of how it fits and how comfortable you are like in your own skin. Well, under one yeah, I think that he's, he's meaning your mental and emotional health. Definitely change for the better. I got to say that. At least, I mean, you think about uh, Catholicism, Christianity in general. How do you get right with an omnipotent being that knows your every thought, deed, word, everything that you do? You can't escape it. So it's enclosing you inside this box, this inside your own mind inside your own soul, whatever, you know, what have you. But just embracing ethnic, ethnic faith, I can't even speak, wow. <laughs> just embracing ethnic faith in something that comes so natural to you is just kind of like a breath of fresh air. Seeing the differences amongst the races of men, the, the different tribes, the different spiritualities, it's um, knowing the differences is actually a breath of fresh air as well because it shows you how unique you are how unique your specific tribe is, you know, and what makes us so special. So it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I, it saddens me that a lot of people really don't grasp that. It's like our uh, individualness contributes toward our well-being, towards our well-being. And it's uh, that's all I can say is it's, <laughs> it's hard to put it into words, but it's definitely a gorgeous, beautiful thing. All right. Um, so we're, we're just about out of time. Um, actually, we're a little bit over. But... That's fine. You guys heard it here. McThunder said it's worth sending us $9.99 a month so that you can get your own personal selection in the afterlife because stuff and in reasons. In the arms of an angel. Yes. And that was CG <laughs> channeling pagan Baptist preacher Rod Noden's cop. $9.99. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I'll cut out of here first. I'm going to say... Uh, Everybody out there, don't keep your heads down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Uh, I hope that you kept your powder dry because the shit is definitely flying all over the place. And I'll just say ethnic faith is not about having the one true religion or the one true God. It is about understanding ourselves and having our gods, our divine ancestors, and understanding who we are and the absolute beauty that it is. It is not skin deep. It is everything about us and too many people get too focused on trying to find these over similarities these, uh, these esoteric meanings that they can't see the forest for the trees sometimes the story is much simpler than the esotericism of the acorn in that one line lord keeper out i'll just sign off by saying uh thanks guys for having me on this has been a, a, a great conversation ethnic faith is 
is beautiful. It's it, it grabs you. It just and if you let it, it will change your life. It's um much beautiful, much more beautiful than an enclosed box religion. It allows you to express yourself, allows you to become the more complete you. It's what we've been doing since the dawn of man. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say to that. All right. Thanks for coming on. Um, hopefully you can come on again uh, pretty soon. And until then, yeah, we'll see you all guys next week.